Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Friday, July 28th, 2023, and this is episode 477 of the Lots Project podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside the systems of control, and it's a Friday, 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 10K giveaway Friday. We're going to do it once again. I don't know how long we're going to do it. We're going to keep doing it for a while, at least. We're going to do 10K Giveaway Friday today. I got some stuff to talk about, some stuff I'm not really excited about, and um, hopefully we are home today. Hopefully, well, home-ish. Home-ish is uh, is the term, uh, the place we are returning to from whence we left. Uh, if that qualifies as home, that is fantastic. If not, then eh, I call it the wrong thing, so... It is what it is. It is what it is. But sitting in Arkansas today and uh, yesterday, discovered something that I'm going to have to get checked out this morning before we travel down the road. I'll talk about that a little bit. I'll talk about a little conspiracy that uh, that Corey and I uh, spun up on our drive yesterday. It's been a lot of days of driving on this trip, and uh, we might have gotten a little goofy with this one. Uh, we were also... Um, <laughs> We are also looking, uh, we were able to uh, to enjoy something last night, though, even after our discovery. Actually, the discovery might have been after uh, we got to enjoy something. And uh, another another bullshit thing at the, <laughs> bullshit thing with the camper. Another thing to, on the list to fix on the camper. And um, yeah, so we'll talk about that. It's uh, it's been a definitely a interesting twenty four hours for sure. Good morning, Gingerbread Farms. How we doing? Home is where you park it is for sure with us for sure. Uh, but it was interesting when we were talking to people on the road and they would ask like, "Where are you from?" Uh, well, we're from uh, we're from Minnesota. We're headed home to Tennessee, and we're like, "Wait, not um, not home." It's, I guess it's where we're stationed right now. It's where we're headed back to. Uh, as at this point, it is where we intend to have property one of several. Uh, but um, yeah, I guess we determined that where we took off from happens to be the same place we were going back to. And uh, that's what you call home. And when we were in Texas visiting Josh uh, for the winter, when we would go someplace, we would uh, go out to eat or things like that. You go home. You go home. It was someplace we had settled down. Uh, I think as we travel, as we travel, and we're kind of on a on a route. Um, if we sit down for a week or we sit down for a couple days, things like that, I don't really, I don't think it ever really feels like home. And I don't even think we slip up and say, "Hey, let's let's get going home" or something like that. Uh, we say, "Let's get back to the trailer. Let's get back to the dogs." Things like that. But for some reason, um, well, I guess if you stay a few months, it starts to uh, get in your vernacular. And then, like I said, when you take off, uh, when you take off someplace and then come back to it, you're returning. So that kind of works. So morning, Canadian Farmstead driving, driving. I hope I'm driving today. I really do. Uh, Gingerbread Farms and Pip talking about dead batteries. So. I don't know, Pip. Did you drop question or uh, comments earlier? I saw them uh, gingerbreads this morning. 
Uh, maybe Pips got cleared out. Maybe it was too early, but uh, all I saw when I clicked on was Gingerbread Farms uh, saying Happy Friday, and I don't know. Uh, I assume that was a response to something else that was there that I didn't get to see. But anyway, let's get that hashtag up there for the 10K giveaway. Uh, man, <laughs> it's a, it's going to be a, an interesting morning after the show. Uh, I will be curious to see what comes out. I'm going to talk about that a little later, but I'm going to uh, send the good juju vibes out and we're going to use hashtag, uh, hashtag wish us luck for the 10K giveaway. We'll do that towards the end of the show. So all you have to do is, um, <laughs> uh, all you have to do is throw that in the comments. You can do that on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch, or Twitter, I believe, and it will gather up the comments and uh, we'll do a drawing at the end and you could win 10,000 Satoshis, which not, I mean, it's not a bad thing for just tuning tune into a morning show. Uh, comment was deleted, uh, comment deleted by you or someone else. And gingerbread farm says home is an outdated construct that no longer applies to you. Maybe you should try to drop it. Yeah. I mean, I need to come up with a different term though, to reference where we're headed. Um, we do intend to have places to go, just not one that we stay permanently. So, I mean, is home our several places that we want to go? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, what's in the cup real quick, um, and then we'll get on to the perfect cup. Lots of history and uh, that list of stuff I've talked about. But in the cup today, I have uh, the last of my the last of my uh, bag of Brian's Blend, my bonus bag of Brian's Blend. Actually, uh, in the C4 Club, I was able to uh, secure a bonus bag this month uh, for doing some extra shit, and uh, there happened to be room in the box, and uh, you know. That good guy out there in Seattle at Food Forest Farms, join a C4 club and get his coffee every month. Sometimes there's a, sometimes there's a little surprise. Sometimes there's a little bonus. He really appreciates his customers. I think it was a, it might have been a misrun or something like that. And uh, he knows I'm more than happy to take that as long as it's in the ballpark. So I don't know. Maybe he was just being a good guy. I don't know. We talked about it before. He told me why he was sending it, and I'm totally blank. So thanks for the extra bag, B. I appreciate it. Yeah, Corey just got upset because I called Brian B, and that's my name. So, thanks for the extra coffee, scrambling. <laughs> anyway, let's get to that perfect cup question, and we will, um, we we will. Sorry, Pip's throwing jokes in the in the comments, and <laughs> yeah, might get to that later. Let's get to that perfect cup question. Hit lots of history, and we'll get back to this nonsense for a Friday. All right, it's time for the 130th edition of the Perfect Cup, a daily question and my thoughts. Join the discussion in my Telegram group at t.me slash lots feed. That's t.me slash lots feed. It's Telegram channel, not a Telegram group. I guess it's all, it doesn't matter. I didn't say the chat. All right, well, we'll keep going. Anyway, uh, I post the question out around social medias Sunday through Thursday. Pick those questions up the next morning and grab the answers and all the replies. 
copy them over and share them with you first thing in the morning of all the morning shows. I pull it out separate and put it out as the Perfect Cup podcast. So if you're looking for just the questions and answers daily, check that out. Check that out. You can find it on all the major podcast players and be sure to subscribe, like, and, you know, leave a review if you like the thing. So anyway, Perfect Cup question of the day today is gone. <laughs> it is actually gone. <laughs> from my list oh fantastic all right uh the perfect cup question of the day today it's a great friday i, I really see this uh this morning going uh, perfectly i'm sure but one question is what is a guilty pleasure or indulgence that you have what is a guilty pleasure or indulgence that you have and I start with mine every day. Kyle busted my balls because uh, I'm uh, I'm blaming Corey for making me participate in my own segment. So it is me. I am participating. I should participate because it is my segment and leading off today. My guilty pleasure. I was sitting here thinking, well, what of the million am I going to choose? And uh, as the answers were coming in on the Telegram chat, I was flipping over from my guilty pleasure I got a cell phone game, guys. I got a cell phone game that I play. It helps me kind of zone out. It helps me kind of de-stress. But um, I realized that it might be a little bit of a guilty pleasure when I look down and I'm at almost level, I think level 3,000. Yeah, 3,000. I've been playing the game for a couple of years. Uh, I don't know what it's called. What is it? A Royal Match or something. It's one of those stupid Candy Crush games. Uh, for a long time, I played uh, Soda Crush. I never I never really got into the Candy Crush originally, but Soda Crush on the phone, This, uh, and then I deleted games for a long, long time, and eh, downloaded one, and uh, yeah, that's what I do. That's my, uh, my little getaway when I want to not think about anything or, uh, or de-stress or... But I still want a little distraction. That is, that is it. My guilty little pressure, I would have to say, is a uh, cell phone game. It's one I had to pick. I got plenty. I got plenty for sure. Uh, let's hit that list from the audience uh, over at the Telegram channel. We had Canadian Farmstead weigh in with all-you-can-eat sushi. I'm going to tell you, I'm not the raw fish fan. Uh, just not ever been my thing. I've tried it a few different times throughout my life and never really, never really got into it. I don't know, maybe now in my 40s. I should try it again and see, but it's just never been a desire to uh, to try again. So you can have all my sushi too, Canadian Farmstead. So that's double for you for sure. Uh, Micah weighed in said boiled custard. That is a uh, another thing. I don't think I've ever had a boiled custard. Uh, I'm trying to scan the memory banks right here at the moment, but uh, it sounds familiar and it sounds delicious, but I can't recall ever having it. And if it's your guilty pleasure, I imagine it tastes tastes damn good and um i don't know i should try it i should try it if i don't recall having it but uh boiled custard uh scramble and weighed in and said barbecued fresh dungeness crab from alive to my plate in less than 10 minutes steamed in the seawater in their shells and a shit tons of butter yum and it just happens to be crab season till labor day huh 
interesting i am a big crab fan uh, not getting crabs but eating crabs but uh yeah crab is fantastic i'm a big uh i'm, I'm a big fan of those rich seafoods as far as crab lobster mm -hmm, yep i could sit and eat them but uh i don't know it's just that that raw fish that raw fish stuff in the sushi so I, uh, I'll go with you, man. Barbecue Fresh Dungeness is fantastic. Kyle, uh, the Backwoods Butcher. Hmm. Kyle, the Backwoods Butcher's guilty pleasure. And uh, thanks for sharing, Kyle. Nicholas Sparks' romantic dramas. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I'm not going to share the comment that I, I shared with Corey when I read that answer. Thanks for participating, Backwoods Butcher. Uh, Chris Dixon came in with golf. His guilty pleasure is golf. He says, what an utter waste of time, but oh, so enjoyable. Man, I played golf for uh, quite a while. Uh, I played a lot, a lot of rounds. <laughs> a lot of rounds um, of golf in my time, uh, all before the age of probably 20. I think I ended up selling my golf clubs in my 20s. I was I was pretty good as a kid. Uh, I was I, I grew up around a, a, a golf course. It wasn't the country club. It wasn't like the country club in Caddyshack by any means or anything like that. It was um, it was kind of a small town golf course that was nine holes. And then uh, in in during the time I grew up, it uh, got expanded to eighteen holes. I worked there. I played golf there. Uh, I was there all summer. I played on the golf team in high school. Yeah, golf was there. And then I found girls and girls became my guilty pleasure. And the golf game very much suffered. And when you were good and then stop being as good and you start getting worse, even though you might be better than some, you decide you quit. Um, and I kind of wholesale quit and just stopped playing. Yeah, there were more important things to chase than a little white ball around the course. Stuff that made you feel a lot better, too. Um, at least for a while. At least for a while. Uh, Pip weighed in. Pip, uh, the history guy down at Duction Cups and uh, hanging out down there in Florida. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Pip weighed in and said <coughs> his guilty pleasure is proving someone else that they were wrong and de damaging their ego as a result. <laughs> That's great. That is great. Uh, he also says, had a friend, uh, friend, uh, tech parts dude who stormed off after he didn't get some free food that was meant for the wholesale drivers. The dude shouted duck, I'm guessing with an F, and he walked away. The dude had zero to do with that fried chicken that was picked up due to those drivers being screwed by the local UAW weird uh, who can't pack a semi-trailer more than more than 0.7% give fucks. Um, dude, uh, you said UAW and that, that kind of, um, that sealed the deal. Uh, I can only imagine the, the level of, uh, the, the level of give a shits that are hanging around the old UAW packing line. Um, uh, best of luck, best of luck there, but, uh, thanks for holding strong pip and, uh, making sure that dude didn't get any of that chicken. Uh, Backwoods Butcher said he did the golf team in high school, but hasn't really played since. 
Uh, James uh, Gingerbread Farm says his guilty pleasure is pissing people off on purpose. Well, maybe not exactly. It's the most, it's the, just most people don't get my humor and that makes it even more funny. There you go. There you go. Uh, was that um, as long as you can laugh at yourself, it doesn't matter if anybody else laughs at you. I think, I think that's uh, what I heard at one point and I wholly subscribe to it for quite a bit of my life uh, because I just, Corey, Corey's going to wrap it up here for us and uh, and bring up the rear. Corey uh, waited till this morning. She thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And this morning she said that her guilty pleasure that she wants to share, she has lots. She has lots. One being... Hmm, 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 hmm. Um, but uh, one, <laughs> the one she wanted to share was... She stops and says hello to any animal, and not just hello, talks to most any animal she she, she sees. Uh, depending on how fast she's driving, she could actually even stop then. But uh, man, any animal she sees, interacts with, she's talking to. She's talking to. Not, um, not even always just in her head. The majority of the time, it's out loud. And even in the car. Even in the car or the truck as we're driving and uh, she's talking to animals and, you know, I just kind of let, let her let her be happy and let her experience life. And uh, every once in a while, I just look at her and say, do you think they can hear you? And she said, yeah, they can. I said, OK. <laughs> I love her to death. I love her to death. She's such a kind heart. And uh, man, she loves animals. She absolutely loves them. So why not let her? Why not let her talk to him and we pretend and I talk to him too. And she is, she's definitely converted me into a cow person. And if you don't know what that is, uh, you missed it on TikTok. but we talk to the animals as we drive by Corey, a uh, little talks to them a little bit more than, uh, than I do, but that's her guilty pleasure. And if that's her only one, if that's her only vice, we're doing good. Anyway, that has been the list of the Perfect Cup question of the day answers. Again, the question today was, what is your guilty pleasure or something that you indulge in? Had a lot of a uh, wide variety of answers there from uh, food to sport to uh, being crazy. So anyway... <laughs> Anyway, it's been another edition of the Perfect Cup. Be sure to check those questions out. Like I said, posted uh, Sunday through Thursday on all the socials. You can find it on the Telegram channel at t.me slash lotsfeed or the Lots Project on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MeWe, LinkedIn, or Noster. Thanks for listening. And now back to the main show. Wow, dogs are tired. Uh, dogs are already back asleep and snoring uh, out loud, having little dreams over there. So I was taking, uh, I was kind of, uh, what the hell is that noise as I heard them whimpering in their sleep? Which one is that? But, oh, Norman is usually not the one uh, doing that. But anyway, let's get over to that history segment brought to you by Pip at DuctionCups.com. You can check out Duction Cups and pick up some ducks and some cups and some boards. And they have new new products coming, magnets, uh, magnet uh, attachment. They have uh, Velcro in the works and all sorts of fun stuff. So be sure to check out Duction Cups. I will be sure to give you any updates on new products as I know them. But check out DuctionCups.com slash lots. And that gets you into uh, old 
Brian's affiliate link over there at Duction Cup. So if you enjoy the history segment, be sure to check help us both out by picking up some ducks over there at DuctionCups.com. July 28th, 2023, Friday, July 28th, 2023. Um, when I come back with you, oh, I guess it'll still be August when I come back with you, but uh, wrapping up, wrapping up, um, <laughs> wrapping up uh, July, July already. So anyway, July 28th, hello humans and happy Friday. We're on the 209th day of the year. The current Bitcoin price is, Pip guesses, $28,777.42. He says he's guessing it's still yesterday, today, right now, uh, yesterday. But the current price actually is 20, 20, oh, it is 29402 Pip, you were close. You were close for sure. Anyway, let's get back to lots of history past events we're staying with mostly current stuff but there's a few to satisfy your nugget cravings this day july 28 1932 u.s president Her u.s president herbert hoover orders the united states army to forcibly evict the bonus army of world war one veterans gathered in washington dc on july 28 1932 u.s attorney general william d mitchell ordered the veterans removed from all government property Washington police met with resistance, shot at protesters, and two veterans were wounded and later died. President Hoover, Hoover, Herbert Hoover then ordered the U.S. Army to clear the marchers' campsite. Army Chief of Staff General Douglas MacArthur commanded a contingent of infantry and cavalry supported by six tanks. The bonus army marchers with their wives and children were driven out and their shelters and belongings burned. Pip's notes, something, something. They used army troops and six tanks against U.S. veterans and their families. Weird. Pip's, note, Pip's side notes, in 1936, Congress overrode President Roosevelt's veto and paid the veterans their bonus nine years early. Nice. Nice. I think it was overpay. It was overpromised pay, I believe, if I recall. So, anyway, anyway, let's see... July 28, 1935, first flight of the Boeing B-17 Flying Fortress, fast and fly high flying for a bomber of its era. The B-17 was used primarily in Europe, European theater of operations and dropped more bombs than any other aircraft during World War II. It is the third most produced bomber of all time behind the four-engined consolidated B-24. Pip's notes, according to the Google search, for B-17 cost, individual cost per plane, U.S. dollars 238329 in 1945, which today is $2.8 million in 2020, in 2020 dollars, excuse me. So that's way more now. Uh, total B-17s built, 12,731. That is 12,731 times 2.8 million equals... $35,646,800,000 on B-17s to drop bombs on people. Woohoo! Y'all don't want to know how much an F-35 fighter plane costs. <laughs> Probably don't, Pip. Probably don't, Pip. 
July 28th, 1945, a U.S. Army B-25 bomber crashes into the 79th floor of the Empire State Building, killing 14 and injuring 26. It was an inside job. Damage caused by the crash estimated at the U.S. $1 million, equivalent to about $16 million in 2022, although the building's structural integrity was not compromised. Wait. A B-25 flew into a building and it didn't compromise the structure? How did it not collapse inside itself? Aftermath, despite the damage and deaths, the building was open for business on many floors the next Monday morning, less than 48 hours later. The crash spurred the passage of the long-pending Federal Tort Claims Act, which was signed into law by President Harry S. Truman in August of 1946, initiating retroactive provisions into the law and allowing people to sue the government for the accident. After the debris had been cleared away, Ahmad Hammer purchased the damaged 78th floor, refurbished it, and made it the headquarters of his United Distillers of America. Pip's notes, anyone recall the movie 28 Weeks Later, the sequel to 28 Days Later, Marvel character, her Marvel character Hawkeye dude, uh, Ray's train is bringing in settlers to London and the resettlers of London are riding in. They see workers on rooftops, pressure washing survivor numbers and help off shingled housetops. We cleared the whole quarantine zone. You're safe, not to spoil the movie, but they weren't safe. Pip, did we um, did we maybe put that in the wrong spot? <laughs> the stage, July 28th, 1960. <coughs> the German Volkswagen Act comes into force. Volkswagen Act is a set of German, originally West German, federal laws enacted in 1960, regulating the privatization privatization of Volkswagen work <laughs> into the Volkswagen group. Uh, in order to maintain government control at a privately owned company, it stipulated that the votes in major shareholder meetings resolutions required four-fifths or 80% agreement. This part of the law was deemed to violate the free movement of capital principle of European Union corporate law. After a series of challenges from 2007 to 2013, the German parliament finally amended the part in 2013 to the EU Court of Justice satisfaction. Pips notes, I don't know what any of that means. That being said, possible question of the day, what was your first car and how much was wrong with it? Pip was kind of close to becoming a Volkswagen dude. Asked me about my 88 Golf four-door hatchback. Ooh, sweet ride. <laughs> this day, July 28th, 1973, summer jam at Watkins Glen. I grew up like uh, about 25 minutes from Watkins Glen. Everybody talks about Woodstock, but nearly 600,000 people attended a rock festival at Watkins Glen International Raceway. Pips notes, after searching for events with over, 100, uh, uh, over 1 million, I see Mahatma Gandhi's funeral attendance at over 2.5 million. Namaste, humans. No, that's not a Florida dude word for nah, I'm staying for this hurricane something to do with the universe the universe dwells within us or something yeah that concert um i knew plenty of people in my town that were of age of that age that would go to something like that and were there um it was uh it was an event for sure i think it was um i think it was uh yeah yeah look it up look it up for sure it's pretty pretty sweet 
This day, July 28th, 1984, Olympic, Olympic Games, Games of the 23rd Olympiad. The Summer Olympics were open in Los Angeles. Yes, I do know how to read Roman numerals, Pip. Thank you. I didn't say XXIII. Uh, as international multi-sport events held from July 28th to August 12th, 1984 in Los Angeles, California, United States, it marked the second time that Los Angeles had hosted the Games, the first being in 1932. The 1984 games were boycotted by a total of 14 Eastern Bloc countries, including the Soviet Union and East Germany, in response to America-led boycott of the 1980 Summer Olympics in Moscow, Russia, in protest of the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. Romania was the only Soviet Bloc state that opted to attend the games. Albania, Iran, and Libya also chose to boycott the games for unrelated reasons. Pips notes, I seem to have gotten some blowback from coworkers after I blocked the old cashier booth with the drop chairs, heavy parts that I that don't move or anything to do with block that little booth for people to loiter and waste time inside of too convenient. I hear I hear he complained to other coworkers saying that it was not fair that I blocked and locked the door to said booth. Meanwhile, their work is not even close to proper nor completed, yet I'm the bad guy. I think this is because we were talking about the, the Russian block. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, July 28th, 1996. The remains of prehistoric man was discovered near Kennewick, Washington. Such remains will be known as the Kennewick man. The skeletal remains of a prehistoric Paleo-American man found on the bank of the Columbus Ri Columbia River in Kennewick, Washington. It is one of the most complete ancient skeletons ever found. Radiocarbon tests on bone have shown it to, it to date from 8,900 to 9,000 calibrated years before present. What is a calibrated year? <laughs> but it was not until 2013... The, that agent DNA analysis techniques had improved enough to shed light on the remains. Pips notes, while tubing at a speedboat race, man, you'll never believe this story. Kennewick, Kennewick Man was discovered by Will Thomas and David Decay. Or D8. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, wow. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, Excuse me. Kennewick, Kennewick Man was discovered by Will Thomas and David Decay. D D A C, I don't know D E A C Y. Spectators at a hydroplane race on the Columbia on July 28, 1996, while floating tubes down the bank of the Columbia River, they had found the Kennewick man's skull in a reservoir on the river at the Columbia Park in Kennewick, Washington. The remains had to be exposed, had been become exposed due to erosion and battened scattered by water forces in the reservoir. Yeah, dude, I think I saw a skull over there. <laughs> they find it. Oh, yeah, this is like 9,000 years old. <laughs> uh, July 28, 2001, Australian Ian Thorpe becomes the first swimmer to win six gold medals at a single world championship meeting. He has won five Olympic gold medals, the most won by any Australian, along with fellow swimmer Emma McKeon with three golds and two silver medals. Thorpe was the most successful athlete at 2000 Summer Olympics held in his hometown of Sydney. A swimmer who specialized in freestyle but also competed in backstroke and, backstroke and the individual medley. At the age of 14, Thorpe became the youngest male to ever represent Australia in his victory in the 400-meter freestyle at the 1998 Perth World Championships 
made him the youngest ever individual male world champion. Huh. Oh, there you go. There you go. Birthdays. Let's see who was born today, July 28th, July 28th, 1879. Lucy Burns, American activist, co-founder of the National Women's Party, an American suffragist and women's rights activist, activist, advocate. She was a passionate activist in the United States and the United Kingdom who joined the militant suffragettes. Burns was a close friend of Alice Paul, and together they ultimately formed the National Women's Party. July 28, 1974, Elizabeth Berkeley, American actress. American actress, she played Jesse Spano in the television series Saved by the Bell and Paul Verhoeven's slightly porno movie Showgirls. Yes, um, porno in plain sight. Pip's notes, trying to not sound rude, she left Saved by the Bell to pursue a film career in the movie Showgirls. <laughs> yeah. Picture a Dutch Harvey Weinstein wanting a tough go at life, Vegas, life, Las Vegas life. And then the director admits it was softcore porn script that was expanded. Also something of a supporting role in the first wives club. <laughs> oh, July 28th, 1976. Jake Jacoby Shaddix, American singer songwriter. An American singer, songwriter, rapper, and TV presenter, he is best known as the founding member and continuous lead singer of the California-based rock band Papa Roach since the band's formation in 1993. Pips notes, I give Papa Roach another chance, plays Spotify Papa Roach playlist. This is my skip. I tear my skip hard pass. Changes back to Dark Academy, a classical playlist. Papa Roach. Yeah, I think they were just one of those ones that got in line to get paid. I think that's what it is. Uh, July 28th, 1985, Dustin Milligan, Canadian actor, producer, and screenwriter, a Canadian actor known for his role as Ethan Ward on the teen drama television series 90210 from 2008 to 2009. Tom Cummings in Canadian spy thriller television series X Company from 2015 to 2016. Ted Mullins on a Canadian television series Shit's Creek from 2015 to 2020. And Josh Carter, an American television comedy series Rutherford Falls from 2021 to 2022. He also has appeared on, in a number of films. Who kicked off today? Let's see who died on July 28th, July 28th, 1527. Rodrigo de Bastidas. Spanish explorer, founder of the city of Santa Marta, Spanish conquistador and explorer who mapped the northern coast of South America, discovering Panama and founded the city of San Marta, Santa Marta, excuse me. Uh, this day, July 28th, 1750, Johann Sebastian Bach, German organist and composer, a German composer and musician of the late Baroque period. He's known for his orchestral music, such as the Brandenburg Concerto, instrumental compositions such as the cello suites, keyboard works such as the Goldberg variations and the well-tempered clavier, organ works such as the Schubert Chorales and Toccata and Fugue in D minor, and vocal music such as the St. Matthew Passion and Mass in B minor. Bach is my, widely regarded as one of the greatest and most influential composers in the history of Western music. Pips notes, y'all need some more classical music in your life, just saying. Before those golf matches, I used to listen to classical on the school bus on the way to the high school golf matches to get myself in the right frame of mind. 
And then right before the match, I used to throw on a little obituary or Pantera. So, yeah, there you go. This day, July 28th, 1836, Nathan Mayer Rothschild, German English banker and financier, an English German banker, businessman, and financier, born in Frankfurt. Frankfurt, um, he was the third of five sons of Mayer Amschel Rothschild and his wife, Guttel. Um, he was the founder of English branch of the prominent Rothschilds family. Pip's notes, the dude looks like the Sicilian from The Princess and the Bride, just much more creepy. July 28th, 1930, Alvar Golstrand, Swedish ophthalmologist and optician, Nobel Prize laureate. Golstrand was professor from 1894 to 1927, successfully of eye therapy and of optics at the University of Uppsala. He applied the methods of physical mathematics to study the optical images and of the refraction of light in the eye. For his work, he received the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine in 1911. July 28, 1968, Otto Hahn, German chemist and academic, Nobel Prize laureate. A German chemist who was a pioneer in the fields of radioactivity and radiochemistry, referred to as the father of nuclear chemistry and father of nuclear fission, Hahn and Lisa Mietzscher discovered radioactive isotopes of radium, thorium, protactium, and uranium. He also discovered the phenomena of atomic recoil and nuclear isomerism and pioneered rubidium strontium dating. In 1938, Hans, Lisa Meincher, and Fritz Strassmann discovered nuclear fission, which for which Hahn received the 1944 Nobel Prize for Chemistry. Nuclear fission was the basis for the nuclear reactors and nuclear weapons. Thanks for that discovery, V. Uh, holidays, July 28th. Pip's pre-notes going on a lot of our day. Skipping the description of holidays, but here's some stuff for thought. I think it was late night when Pip was putting this together. So July 28th, day of commemoration for the great upheaval in Canada. Hey, Tim, what's the great upheaval, eh? Uh, Estatus Patrias celebrates the independence from Peru from Spain by General Jose San Martin, Martin in 1821. Liberation Day and San Marino, all Vascoa Eve in the Faroe Islands. And hey, guys, just in case you were wondering, it's World Hepatitis Day. Woo! Thanks, Pip. Uh, anyway. Hey, catch y'all on the duck side of the moon. Duction Cups and Pip finished up with the history and recommending you GSD. Get some shit done. Get some shit done. And if, thanks, Pip. I appreciate it every day going through the history wiki, wiki notes and lots of history that you provide. If you guys like listening to that segment, please don't hesitate to head over to DuctionCups.com. Check it out. You might not drive a Jeep, but you might like one of these little ducks. And maybe you pick yourself up a plugsy for your mug every morning. All right, let's get to it. Get to it. Let me uh, let me see what we got. Um, they found so many well-preserved human remains. Now they found one in Europe, so well so well preserved that they know she had brown hair, had a child, and her last meal was mallard duck and chestnuts. That was from Backwoods Butcher. Uh, they're all saying hello to you, and Kyle wanted to let you know your tea is done. <laughs> uh, Backwoods Butcher says it's World Hepatitis Day. He got it from doing drugs, not the butt stuff. Don't worry. 
Oh man. Oh. <laughs> Backwoods Butcher says, how terrifying would it be to walk in while I'm skinning out a cow to classical music? I think that would be fantastic. I think that would be fantastic. Um <laughs> James James says, uh, people preserved in barrels in Lake Mead. <laughs> Lake Mead. Yeah, I don't know if those barrels have the people still in them. I'm pretty sure they put hydrochloric or sulfuric acid in with those so they would uh, melt away to nothing. But anyway, let's get to this list. Let's get to this list of stuff. Uh, we'll start with good thing. Uh, we'll, we'll probably go good, bad, and if we have time, maybe something a little silly. Um, Last night, I've been looking forward to this really from, what was it, probably South Dakota is when we started talking about uh, Wills. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've been to this site before that we're staying at tonight. It's just a, hopefully it's just an overnight stay uh, before we head to our last stop back in Tennessee where we're, uh, we're going to sit down for a little while. Um, and so... When we were here last time, we were here for a week, and we kind of explored the area. Uh, coincidentally, I had been in this very area several years before doing some snow goose hunting. I knew actually some of the restaurants. We revisited a barbecue and catfish joint uh, probably 20 minutes from here that was phenomenal. Uh, and But there was one thing that was really close. Right downtown uh, here in uh, huge Hazen, Arkansas, like uh, one stoplight, it should be a flasher. I'm pretty sure it should be a flashing light, but it is an actual functioning red, yellow, and green stoplight. Um, man, Pip, have a uh, have a have a great day. Sorry you got to go. Uh, thanks for doing the history and stopping in this morning. And uh, hopefully you have that hashtag. And if you win, I will get those off to you for sure. But I'm guessing Canadian Farmstead or the Backwoods Butcher are going to win because they always do. Anyway, uh, right there on Main Street in Hazen is Will's Pizzeria. Uh, we got this pizza last time we were here for a week, and it was great. It was great. I think we actually, in a week, we might have gotten it twice. Or no, it was closed um, the other. They're closed um, odd days. Man, small businesses now are closed weird days. Some Monday, Tuesday, some Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, some Sunday, Monday, some Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like, it's so weird. Uh, Tennessee is good for that, where you're not getting food if you want to go eat on, a like, a Sunday evening afternoon monday afternoon especially it seems like ever, all the restaurants are closed i know it's a traditional day to close uh monday tuesday for restaurants but man it's getting weird um um and so we went and got pizza last night it was it was good um it was fantastic actually and uh getting that last fill of pizza before we get back to tennessee where we can't find any Anyway, um, that's the good. That's the good. I really enjoyed that. We hung out. Um, when we got back, there was a nice uh, truck camper next to us. Really cool. Uh, we were checking it out. We were out kind of uh, scoping it out, checking out our stuff, getting outside for a minute, even though it was like 98 and humid, and it was just gross to be outside. And I happened to look down at the driveway of the, the gravel where we had parked the truck when we unhooked, and I saw a little bit of um, black on the rock on the gravel and i was like oh man i wonder uh, we're dripping oil or this or that i was kind of looking where it was and i'm like yeah that's not oil that's that's way far back uh so i was like maybe it was somebody else that had parked there blah 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 so I, it looked wet 
reached down, grabbed some. It was wet on my finger. It was oil. It smelled a little, um, smelled a little heated oil, nothing super burnt, but you know, used, it wasn't new by any means. It wasn't like, uh, the, I, I was wondering if some, um, ball hitch lube had uh, dropped off or something like that. So I, uh, I, I crawled under the truck and leaking, leaking from my rear differential was some, uh, some oil. And I don't know how much, I don't know how much, I don't know how much it's been leaking. I don't know how bad it's leaking. Uh, I did have a little bit of, um, yeah, gingerbread farms, diff oil for sure. Uh, right along the seal, along the bottom of the diff, it is, um, it is leaking out. I don't know. I'm going to go, there is a shop close that uh, opens at eight. I don't have the, the tools, the knowledge. I've never worked on a, uh, a truck like this. I've had a small pickup as a, uh, when I was in my teens, I did a lot of work on that, but I've never had anything this size or, uh, worked much on it. So when it comes to that kind of stuff, I am, uh, I am, um, ignorant for sure at best. So I'm going to take it over. I, I assume that, uh, from what I look into, you can check the level. I need to make it 250 miles. Um, it is gingerbread is asking if it's the back of the pinion seal. It looks like it's right. Um, right on the bottom. I didn't see any, it looks like it's weeping right out of the bottom of the pumpkin. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. So it didn't look like it was up on the front. I got to take a look at it a little bit more before I take off this morning. And then probably when I get to the shop, it's like four miles from here. Um, and maybe we'll get some, uh, get a little bit more uh, accuracy of where it's coming from. But I'm going to go have her have it take, uh, have them take a look at it. And hopefully we can get back. Um, I don't know. I don't know. James, what's your opinion? 250 miles on uh, on a, a weeping diff uh, differential? You think I'll be all right? I don't know. Uh, I'm looking for advice on that from someone that works on cars. Uh, the place that I'm taking it, there were several that popped up, small shops. This one had the best ratings and almost 5.0, and uh, everybody seems satisfied with it with a lot of ratings. So hopefully I can take it over and somebody can take a peek. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there is a fill uh, a fill port and an overflow port. Uh, from what I've read, I could probably get under there and get it apart. I don't want to, cause I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, uh, maybe if I'm lucky, the, the guy at the shop will let me kind of peek while he works on it. I don't ever insist on that, but man, I'll, I always suggest it cause I would love to see what they do. Um, what they do uh to check it and kind of service it and then um yeah if we can get back obviously right away get that uh, get that in next week for uh service and i think it's probably the seal i don't know i don't know if um if when we went mud bogging in went mud bogging in colorado with our load um our full load on the back of the truck if that uh if that did something if it just happened to start leaking um, yeah, James says fill it until it comes out the plug hole. So pretty much like any gearbox. Um, I didn't think that it was very much complicated or anything. I don't have any gear oil with me. Um, okay. There he goes right there. 80, 90 oil. <laughs> Perfect. I knew talking about this on the show would get me a lot of information. I know that we have a wide variety of audience, but yeah. Um, 
I wouldn't mind getting up on a lift. It is caked in mud right now, so I wouldn't mind getting it up on a lift or even having uh, somebody with a crawler get under there and clean that up <laughs> and uh, take a peek just uh, for for safety's sake. I'm hoping that it's good. Like I said, we got 250 miles left, um, and uh, as far as I can tell, it's a newer leak. Newer. I'm not for sure. I did notice it yesterday for the first time. Where we were parked the last two days, our last two stops, I wouldn't have seen it. Actually, our last three stops, I wouldn't have seen it. We were parked in grass and longer grass at that. So even if it dripped, I moved the truck. There's no chance I would have seen it. Um, it's really making me rethink my walk around. Maybe it's my walk around and crawl around. Um, I do, I do check all the tires. I check all that. I check everything, uh, but not the rear differential, I guess. And maybe it's something I'm going to have to flash light up there and make sure it's not dry, uh, dripping, but pulling 8,000 pounds uh, through the mountains twice in a truck that's uh, from 2011. It's going to fuck around with it. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Gingerbread says clean with brake clean and see where it is. Yeah, I definitely do have some brake clean. Uh, maybe I can clean that up before I go over and then uh, and then see where it's coming out by the time I get there and uh, we'll see. I'll have to go somewhere to get uh, to get oil to replace it anyway. James, you're thinking I should uh, maybe pick up some extra to carry along. Uh, is there something Corey asked me and I wasn't sure. Uh, are there usually um, is there usually a sensor for that low oil level in a vehicle? Is there an idiot light for um, low diff oil? Or is that just something you're kind of fucked if it goes too low? I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I've never really dealt with that in a vehicle. This is the first one of this size that I've ever owned. So uh, James says no. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Uh, always convenient when something as important as that doesn't have a sensor on it. But, you know, some of the ridiculous shit you get, like your... Uh, what's that? Oh, the tire sensors in the winter, you know, why do we have those on there when uh, you get snow on the ground and they don't read right? But we can't throw an engine level or a, a differential oil sensor in the in the pumpkin. I mean, whatever. Fuck it. We'll go get it looked at. Hopefully we'll be on our road. Um, I didn't sweat it too much. I slept pretty good last night, so that's good. Uh, we, got, uh, we hopefully have a spot to stay if we need to, if we need to sit down and, and get it fixed. Um, Hopefully I can talk to the oh the host here and he can give us a spot, but we'll need to plug in for sure. Um, we'll definitely need to plug in and um, I don't know. I don't know if he'll have a, if he has a plug in spot, he's only got two here and it's going to be hot and it's going to be the weekend. So uh, sooner rather than later this morning, if I find out we're going to have to sit, I'm going to uh, give him a call and hopefully work something out. To where we can stay here until we can jaunt home. Like I said, 250 miles, man. I just hope we can get there and uh, be home because that's all we've been looking forward to. I keep saying home, back sitting down, back sitting down. We've really realized, I'm going to talk about this on Monday on the on the trip recap, is this trip really solidified uh, our preference in traveling. Uh, that we like to travel one and maybe two days in a row, three at the most, uh, at the most three days in a row and then sit for a week 
week uh, minimum, minimum. So one day, two day travel on a weekend, sit down, work, do our normal weekly schedule. And then on the weekend, um, on the weekend travel again, or Friday or whatever, but one, <coughs> one day of travel, <coughs> two days of travel at most. Uh, we did on this trip, we did, um, on this trip, we did, um, four days and then five days were our two long stretches of traveling. And it's just, we got beat up. We got beat up. The trailer got beat up. The truck got beat up. Uh, if you think about it, we did, uh, what were we? 12 stops. I think, I think 12 stops we did, uh, along the way that would have taken us three months on our other travel schedule, maybe two and a half. And we did it in three weeks. So it's a lot of miles for us. It's a lot of uh, miles on our uh, the age and uh, of our vehicle and our trailer. So I don't know. We're going to change it up. Gingerbread says, keep the diff fluid, keep the diff full and you're fine. What would you suggest as far as uh, checking that? Um, how often and uh, how much oil? I think I saw that it's like two pints. Not a whole ton of oil in that uh, in there. So. That's why I was concerned when I started reading how much, how little oil actually goes in there. And I didn't know how long it had been dripping out and how much um, I was concerned that I wanted to get it looked at and um, and see what happens. So definitely going to pick some up. And um, yeah, I guess it's, I suppose it would be how bad it's leaking out as to how often we'll have to uh, have to look at that and um, and check that level. And I assume that's just a is that like a half inch? half inch plug, uh, or a quarter inch plug. Do you just, uh, using a socket plug, a square plug, uh, to pull those out or the drain plugs? Is that what they are? Do you happen to know gingerbread? Anyway, a uh, couple minutes here. Closed system shouldn't leak. Correct. Correct. I get that. I get that. But, uh, I think it's the, I'm hoping it's the cover seal. That seemed like the easiest thing to, uh, to get replaced. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, got a couple minutes here before we do that 10K giveaway. Usually a ratchet. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's what I'm figuring. It's just like pretty much any other gearbox that I've worked on in any other sort of motor. Um, it's just, yeah, same same damn thing. It's all, it's all transferable. I just never have specifically worked on something like this. Um, one of the things Corey and I chatted about yesterday, it'll only take a minute here and then we'll do that 10 K giveaway. But, uh, Corey and I were driving along and it's been, a, like I said, a long trip, a, um, kind of exhausting trip. And I was over it yesterday and we were driving through the mountains of Arkansas and, uh, I saw all these furniture stores and we weren't in like a super, uh, populated area by any means. Uh, it says cover this covers easy pinion call it pro. Yeah. That's what I kind of read. Like you can use, make a gasket or get the specific gasket for the cover, uh, on the, on the, uh, differential, but uh, the pinion, you got to pull shit apart in that. So we'll see, we'll see where it's leaking when I get it cleaned up this morning or get it over to that shop. But anyway, we're driving through Arkansas, not a very highly populated area, but I was seeing, um, man, that sun is really blasting in that window. Um, I had, uh, I kept seeing furniture stores, furniture stores, furniture stores. And Kyle, this might be a, a conspiracy you might want to dig into possibly. But uh, we we were noticing all these furniture stores. And I said, who is buying all the new furniture? I realized that I'd seen furniture stores everywhere all the time. Furniture store, furniture, furniture, furniture. 
who's buying all the new furniture? And if they're buying all the new furniture, who is selling or who is buying all the old furniture? Or where is it going? And Corey and I started going down the road that this might be a big cover-up of some sort. And uh, it might be a big conspiracy that these, these furniture stores are just opening new stores to hold furniture that they're making because they don't sell any. And then they just have to buy another store to hold all the overproduced furniture. And so they just keep opening them. Nobody ever sells anything. But they just keep them open to warehouse all the furniture they're building to keep the furniture builders in jobs. So I don't know. It might be a conspiracy. It might be something to dig into. Just a thought we had while driving down the road. And uh, you might want to look into it. And Backwoods Butcher said he is on it. He is looking into the conspiracy theory behind furniture stores and why there are so many and so many people don't need furniture, I guess. Yeah, it was, let me say, it has been a trip for sure. And uh, man, all I want to do is get back and sit down for a while. And now this truck shit. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll get on it here after the show. I'll get everything uploaded and uh, get out there, take a look at it. And uh, eight o'clock should be over at the garage. So anyway, let's get to that drawing. Let's get to that 10K giveaway. We got four, four folks in. You got a good chance to win, Pip. Uh, but you're you're up against the Backwoods Butcher and uh, Canadian Farmstead who like to win this consistently. All right. Friday, Friday, Friday. Share screen. <laughs> so let's get this up on the screen. Wish us luck on the, the rear diff. And uh, here we go. Let's spin that wheel. Get this and we will wrap up and get the hell out of here for the week. And hopefully coming to you from Tennessee on Monday. Round and round she goes. Four guys that showed up this morning. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Congratulations, Kyle. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just gonna send you. I'm just gonna send you twenty bucks in lightning, Kyle, and we'll call it even for the next couple of weeks. All right. What is the item of the day? Item of the day today is the Yeto, the Yeto collapsible basket and sink. It is a great collapsible little uh, basket. Uh, we use it as a sink. We use it uh, as a tote. We hold it, uh, use it for all sorts of things. We have a bunch of the Yeto collapsible products, uh, buckets and uh, tubs and sinks and all sorts of stuff. They're great for RV and they're great for storage. They're great for a small cabin where you need, uh, you need that kind of stuff, but you don't want to, you don't want to stick it around uh, and store it. So check them out. Link to a video description and a blog post and also a link to the Amazon site where you can check out this particular uh, product and then check out all the other Yeto collapsible and storage products. They're great. I, I like them. Uh, if you don't need to buy something like that, but you're going to be doing some shopping on Amazon today or this weekend, please consider grabbing that affiliate link uh, from the video description, the audio description, or from the Boss Project website. Any click over there, depending, no matter what the item you click on, whatever you end up shopping for in that shopping trip, we get a little credit for the affiliate sale. We get a little kickback and it all 
it all uh, adds up. So we appreciate it. Click those links. Click those links. There's also some other affiliate links on the site. Banners for Sticker Mule and Blockstream Jade. And then if you go to the affiliate page on the site, there's a whole laundry list of things that I use, support, or have in the past. I got to get around there and clean that up and uh, get a more up-to-date version. But for the majority of the, the products there, it's still a, a, a go for sure. Ask me if you don't know. If you don't know, if you're not sure and you're considering using a product or service that's on that list, ask me. I'll let you know what I think of it for sure. There is no uh, no fluffing um, reviews just for for pay, for sure, for sure. So anyway, guys, um, Professor Pete, Professor Pete Alexander last night, that, uh, that interview was good. I really enjoyed doing that. It was a fun one. Uh, we were going to talk about stress. We talked about stress a little bit. We talked about a bunch of other stuff. Check that out. The audio and the video um, the video editions have been released last night. I can find it on YouTube or any major podcast players. Lots to talk about with Professor Pete Alexander. Let's talk about stress. Check it out. Monday night, hopefully we're back in Tennessee, and I'm going to be doing a trip recap going to be doing a trip recap regardless if we're sitting here, we're sitting there, or wherever we were. Um, I have a feeling that if we need to limper home and stop every 50 miles or 100 miles, we could still make it happen. So fingers crossed we'll be home uh, back to Tennessee, back to our landing spot, uh, and get some work done here going into winter. Let you know how the trip went, let you know what's coming up, and uh, go from there. So Guys, I hope you have an awesome weekend. I thank you for joining us. I thank you for watching all week, spreading it around, uh, especially, uh, yeah, these newest episodes. Send them out. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with others. You can find it at thelotsproject.com or on Noster, Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great weekend, guys. And hopefully the next time I talk to you, I'm up in Tennessee. It's going to be a good one. Have fun. Talk to you later.